0: What's up everyone, welcome to the Life Livers Academy. I'm Jamie O'Donnell, and the purpose of this podcast is to connect you with the people, ideas, mindsets, and inspiration to empower you to chase your dreams, unlock your potential, and live life to the fullest each day. Get ready for some inspiring conversations and incredible insights from people who are out there living life, having fun, and dominating their chosen path. I appreciate you tuning in. Now let's get this episode underway. Radio. Here we are. We're at episode number nine today, and I've got a fantastic guest for you. His name is Robert Hollis. He's a former pro snowboarder, multi-exit entrepreneur, Fortune 100 consultant, speaker, author, and just genuine all-round weapon. Really excited to bring this conversation to you guys. Robert, how you doing, bro? Not too bad, brother. Appreciate the appreciate the time. Me too, man. I really appreciate you giving up your time to have a chat. Hey, the last couple of months in particular have been crazy out there. I know that you've been connecting with some amazing people over that time. You've been pumping out content. You're also just a guy that's very self-aware. I'm interested to know, what have your biggest learnings been over the past couple of months?
1: Oh, probably the, the first one that comes to mind is um, probably just realizing how lucky New Zealand is to have the, the width and depth of good leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's if you were in a a lot of other places around the world, and there wasn't the majority that were kind of good humans at its core, life would be a lot tougher. But what's become very clear is the, I guess, the overarching unity of purpose and community for for the nation has actually been really impressive. So, the 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 the, first, the, the biggest thing would actually be um kind of pride in kiwis that we have leading are the ones that are leading Mm. you know and that's quite a big thing because it because when when covid when something like this happens this is going to change history that will change this will change the world there'll be generations that look back and there will be guaranteed there will be future descendants watching what we all did digitally all around the world in comparison. And I think the shining light for New Zealand is is going to probably be pretty proud of its legacy of what it's done over these last couple of months. So, uh, in a very long macro generational view,
0: I think future Kiwis are going to be really, 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 really proud. I, I think I agree hundred percent during the last couple of months, I've never been so proud to be a Kiwi in my life and I'm pretty patriotic anyway. Like I'm a, I'm a proud Kiwi. Um, but the way that we've come together just on all levels uh, has been incredible. you've been talking to some pretty smart people in the business community during this time as well from a business perspective what uh, what are your learnings around business like where do you see I guess the opportunities? how should people be fronting up um, based on the conversations that you've been having bro? Just start with it would depend what industry or vertical
1: because certain sections you know, um, you know, like farming and agri is gonna help the country a lot. Anything that's tech based that can go to global is gonna help the country a lot. Um, anything on the ground that's localized one-to-one, uh, if they get backing in local areas is gonna get the, the support from the communities. But there's a whole bunch they're gonna get punched in the face, right? Small business at a macro is kind of stuffed right now. Um Tourism stuffed right now Mm. hospo stuffed right now, you know, so um, It it depends what part but what I have noticed and and I've said it a couple of times when I've been interviewing different crew is If you've got a seat at the table You've been twice as busy than ever before and if you don't you're up to piss all yeah yeah. because what's happening is when everyone got sort of disjointed away the amount of movement and and kind of commercial activity that was happening at the top was unprecedented. Literally it's been overused, but, um, every single person I was talking to was tapped Mm -hmm. and they were tapped because the actual bigger opportunities for businesses and decision makers, um, if they've got to sit at the table, there's never been as much merger and acquisition talk. There's never been as much restructuring, as much legal work, as much accounting work, as much, you know, so if you're, that's why I was saying, you know, if you've got to sit at the table, you you haven't had a break. Mm -hmm. You've actually, probably driven yourself into a hole. Like I remember we, uh, I was talking to uh, one of the crew and he had been doing basically 18 to 20 hour days for three weeks straight. And and you kind of think, holy shit, like how are you even surviving? And he was like, bro, it's gotta be done. And so, you know, so I, I've probably just been a bit more, um, it's just such a wide variety, right? so many are screwed and so many uh, um, strategically making moves to survive. Mm. So it's this weird thing. We've got pressure of strategy, pressure of survival, pressure of staffing, pressure of restructures, operations, you know, supply chain, every single touch point. And the butterfly effect of this thing has literally touched every single piece of every single person's business everywhere, all at once. Yeah. So, um, and and I think that the weight of that is, um, you know, I've kind of been talking about these three waves. The first one medically, which feels like we've cleared. The second one economically, which is going to take a couple of years easy. Um, you know, you can bitch around five or three or whatever, but that's like a couple of years. And then, but the long tail of this thing with mental health and relationships and potential broken broken partnerships and, um, you know, unsafe households that children are in that experience bad stuff during this time, and just a whole bunch of kind of gnarly stuff. The long tail of... The, the mental psyche and emotional change for New Zealand is probably one of the biggest things. So yeah, that, those are probably two of my thoughts.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, even just talking about the pressure side of things there, man, that's one question that I had for you because you are someone who has constantly put yourself out there. Like you're just, you know, you seem like someone who just obviously just puts yourself, puts the foot to the floor with everything that you do. You're all about making it happen how do you personally deal with pressure? Because you've constantly been in an environment of pressure, not just from a business perspective, but from having a brand and having everything out there for people to see. How do you deal with pressure? I just kind of don't really care what, um,
1: (laughs) it sounds really (laughs) bad, but uh, so yeah. Okay. So it's, it's kind of a funny. So I've thought about, um, I put a video on it the other day where what I do isn't for, those that don't like me. What I do is for the kids that I haven't met, they can see a little something of something that looks like them, talks like them, rolls like them, acts like them, but is in a different world from them. So it shows that there is different stuff that's possible. So I don't feel that I've breaking the doors down. I think I've broken it, you know, like um that's probably that's probably some of it from my side. I kind of feel that um yeah I probably maybe represented a bit more than what I think I do. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it probably comes back to purpose as well. I've heard you talk about a lot of, you know, having a purpose and a legacy far beyond just making money in business. And I guess at a time like now, you know, the people that have that, that aren't just in it for the commercial gain uh, are the ones who are able to find something more. right? Yeah. It's, a, it's just a really, it's a, it's a tough one
1: cause I've got to try and see it from both sides. Like mm-hmm. I need to, um, I do, it's weird. So when I was a young buck and kid, um, you know, when I was in my teens, I wanted to play, in my twenties, I wanted to fight them. And in my thirties, I kind of just feel sorry for them. So (laughs) I've just kind of gone through a bit of a different phase in my headspace around the same thing. But um, yeah, pressure that I have for me, it's a lot, the pressure now is different. The pressure when I was snowboarding was, I hope I, you know, get the speed right over this jump so i don't blow my acl i hope i get through this kink so my foot and toe side edge doesn't catch through the flipping and metal railing you know like i i hope my you know so so pressure was more physical consequence um but you know now i got wifey and and two and two daughters now and you know my headspace has changed around perspective um so pressure for me is a different now my pressure for me now feels you know like how do i balance off professional life and personal life. How do I balance off, you know, my drive to help others alongside simultaneously with my drive for me to succeed and do well. Um, and that balance is quite pretty. Um, but it's part of the game and, and I'd rather, so net net, I kind of feel, um, any of the hate I write off is the cost of doing business. Cause net net, when you think of all the positive relationships and people and the momentum and everything else that I've created, it doesn't, it's like 99 to one so it just it's not even a you know like if i even just look at the the decks of people who are in my world now that shit would not have happened if i didn't go after what i wanted to there is not a chance in hell that any of those crew i'd be homies with if i stayed in my lane and wasn't worried about what anyone else thought so i th- i feel that the it's like a hundred to one positive to negative and the negative i just write off as cost of doing business but when you think long game and legacy it, it, it's not even a question but you need to have you know you need to have thick skin to be able to go after it so i hope that answered what you're kind of
0: yeah yeah no totally i mean i i've just because um, <laughs> it feels like oh we've got a bit of a lag there i just I, it, it, it really is i mean i just i'm fascinated by people who are so, like who seem because with social media it's hard to tell as well right because everyone puts up a, a shop front which is that they're, they're coping and that they're dealing with everything and you know, they, it's easy to look positive, um, and behind the scenes, you know, be really struggling. And I think that's a big problem that we're going to face, particularly over the, the next month, years, like you're talking about. Um, but then, there's also something to be said for having an attitude and a perspective where you you genuinely thrive under that pressure. And I've spoken to a lot of people over the past couple of weeks, and you know, I've I've really found that the people that have put themselves under immense pressure over a long period of time or have dealt with, um, you know, a lot of adversity in business or just in life are the people that are thriving now because they've built that uh, mechanism within themselves to be able to deal with those situations. Uh, and so how much, like did snowboarding play a big part in that? You've always been incredibly competitive and you've always sort of put yourself in those situations, but was that transition from professional sport into business? Does that play a big part in your mindset from the beginning of your business career?
1: 100%. So I'm, insanely competitive um but it's more to myself with what i know i can get to um you know when i was nine years old i wanted to play hockey so within a year i was um at canterbury tryouts i wanted to play soccer and within three years i played for canterbury and new zealand i wanted to play basketball i was you know 11 years old playing over in Australia for the New Zealand under 14 team. Wow. I got into skating. I got third at nationals. I got into snowboarding number one in New Zealand, sec- second at the world finals. Like I'm flipping that guy, right? Like it's just so <laughs> psycho, but for me, it's not. Cause I just, I, it's, it's, I, uh, I sniper in, I flip and see exactly what I'm going to go get. And I flip and just go to work, you know, and, and my headspace. Like, I, would, I remember in, I could roll up to a competition I could because I the the mixture of competitiveness plus chess is what did it. So it's strategy plus determination. Mm. Um, I used to play chess a whole bunch. So I would go up to a snowboard competition. I could look at the. I could literally go on my first chairlift. I will look at the setup, and I knew who else was on the registration desk, and I knew every single trick that they could all do, and I knew what every single run they would do. Pretty much uh. would be w- within one or two, and I and then I would be like, okay, so I need to do this, 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 and I'll got it. And yeah, so sometimes right. I would literally roll up and I would look at the I would look at the course, I would look at the setup, I would look at, you know, if is it if it was a C box to the right or left, that means could I back lip that side or was someone gonna front side two seventy? If I saw that jump, I know that he'll go from that, that C box two seventy on, two seventy off, to front seven, back five. I like I could see the whole entire thing. And so then I would just know what I could do and I would just go, I'm gonna do this, this, this and then I'd you know, So it was already Started, and that's the craziest thing that um a lot of people that haven't competed or gone to those steps before. So yeah, I just taken that approach directly into a business with whatever else I do because I don't see it as fear. Um, I I get really challenged by those things, and plus I'm competitive. So some you know I I've been watching this um I was watching the Last Dance with Jordan and all that with how he would be so psychotic that he would start making shit up in his head. Yeah, like yeah. I've done that. I've yeah, done the right. same thing, uh, and I and I'll make an invi- a competitor invisible, but make it a thing. So then I go harder. So yeah, there's something, there's something in there. And, and the only other ones I've seen with that headspace is other ex professional athletes, mm. um, gnarly CEOs and ex military. Yeah. Right. That's it. Those are, there's only three types of people. And that's why when you look at a lot of the different circles, there's a certain type of individual who's super home individuals. Because they see things a similar way, they see things a bit differently, and that's what most people don't get because they've never seen it, they've never been there, right? Yeah. So if you
0: don't, if you don't have that competitive nature, can like, how do you build that? Because it it's such a necessary part of getting what you want. Well, I think it's the
1: drive, right? Um, some people like the the hustle of that. Some people get energized by competing with others. Some people get energized by seeing the goal at the end. Some people get energized with the process. Some people get. Um, mental headspace isn't strong enough that makes them want to do it. Like this morning there was something that I kind of really wasn't sort of feeling. And I was like, fuck, I got to do this thing. And then, and I kind of sat there and I was like, I have the luxury to sit in a air conditioned room with headphones on, listening to music, sitting on a comfortable chair. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at a screen and typing with my fingers stop being a little bitch for a bit like, like just do this knock the shit out next and so I did you know and I but um you, you need to be able to fight yourself mentally or else you just listen to the the weak parts which tell you to, to not and the way I kind of my overarching thing has always been what's one thing that I can do to create positive momentum even if the other person with no, with no resource with nothing because when those things extrapolate over time that's when you win and when everyone else's bitches out and they're like oh stuff this you know i'm not gonna nah just they, they pause they wait they go on defense and they become reactionary waiting for others to get an opportunity and i'm on offense i know i'm gonna win you know mm. and to pray to, to your point before i see it probably a little bit differently where i go you know these have been tough times through covid but in my head i know you exactly to, to your point exactly before you're saying you know the, the, a bit more those who have been there before a bit more resilient it's like well I think it's an asset when you've been to darker places most because you know you can go, to. you're know going to be gnarly, you know, it's going to be horrible and shit, but you've like, you've been there before, mm. you know, they haven't. And then weirdly enough, when you're kind of a, you know, competitive prick like me, you, you hype yourself up because you know that that's going to be their roadblock because they can't go as deep as you. They don't know what it's like to flip and, you know, not have money to wax your board. So you use a flip and like serviette from an unused um, <laughs> flipping sausage sizzle oil on the back of it or hitching, you know, like they don't know any of that shit. And so I kind of, you know, I get stoked because any, everyone who knows me at this point knows that I, I haven't had shit handed to me. So they, they, it's like, you know, I've, I've, I've earned mine So stuff you, you know, yeah. like it, it's not like, trust fund, babysitter, whatever. I just, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that for the most people that I've met that haven't been to tougher places, when time gets tough, they usually tap out before those that have been to darker places. Yeah. And that's, that's
0: right. why, um, yeah, does that kind of make sense? A hundred percent, man. And I, I, there's so many ways to do that. I guess what I'm interested in is like ways that you can build that if, if you don't have that comp- naturally and you've sort of always had that your whole life by the sound of it. And, um, you know, I've kind of got that built into me so does my brother because we grew up with a single mom on DPB like we've had we've always had to fight you know and so that even from child like we've we've had that but it, you know you can use exercise as a tool to do that you can get in and do hard shit in the gym and, and build that mental fortitude every single day you can go and do things like cold immersion like there's so many tools in order to challenge yourself mentally uh, which then when it comes down to it like when you've got that banked you can like you're just saying, like you, you just draw on the bank, the bank account that you've built up over the last 20 years and you just thrive. So yeah, I guess I was just interested because I feel like it, that's going to be needed moving forward for everyone. Like, you know, the economic stuff that's coming up and like you talked about, man, the mental health side of things, we need to be talking about how you, how you get through tough times and we need to be trying to put tools in the right hands. And um, I think that that daily adversity and exposing yourself to some hardship is, is a good thing. Sucks at the time, but long game, I'd
1: rather a whole bunch of bad shit happen to you when you're younger than when you're older,
0: mm.
1: you know, cause when it happened, like I had you know, my bad shit when I was younger and then I got to my base, I'm like, all right, well I've been here next, yeah. you know, opposed to life's all good and dandy, the real world punches you in the face and then you just go back to beyond zero cause you've never experienced like just a lack of hope and just full despair and destruction and you know, broken relationships and stress and lawsuits and bankruptcy and bullshit and foreclosures, just all the horrible shit way rather to have it when, when I'm younger than when I'm older.
0: Mm. How do you, I mean, through all of that and through particularly in business, I'm sure there's, you know, we see all the, we talk about like the exits and and selling the businesses and stuff, but there's bound to have been a truckload of failures and tough times along that, that path. What, what are some of the hardest times that you've experienced, bro? Just to give context. Uh, commercially or, or personally? Uh, both. Like just some of the times where you've really had to f- fucking like dig deep and find something else where, where it hasn't been easy to just get through the day where you've actually been battling yourself, you know, like what are some of those times mm. for you?
1: So I, I've i decided to, I've branded them. I call them brain days. And a brain day is when you're flipping just stuffed you're mentally so tapped you're emotionally just beyond just exhausted and you can't you don't think it can get better and it's not like you're in a, a, a route of depression just you are having a flip and gong show of a day and you're not winning mm. now what I wanted to brand it was because if you can brand it it becomes to talk to others about that it's a thing that it's more accessible to talk about and so, you know, if you have a, a brain day and, you know, just, just everything's just turned to shit and you can't think, you know, you're losing that day. It's a battle, but it's not the war. Mm. So that's the the first one. But yeah, I mean, other times and shit, like, I mean, the, I mean, I'm, I, I struggle with, I struggle with a, what do I struggle with most right now? I struggle with most right now is probably like resetting this next phase of my life. Right. Um, and it's different challenges. Like when you're 18, it's, man, I, I hope I can, you know, get my own room in a flat. And I hope, that, you know, the chick Kelly likes me or I hope just, you know, like, and then you're 28 and it's like, shit, am I, am I lost? Am I, do I know what I'm doing with my life? And it's 30. It's like, shit, am I supposed to have kids here? I mean, whatever, you know, there's all these kind of things. All right. Um, and then it's 35 and it's like, shit, the or, you know, you start to just think of things a little bit. Um So, yeah, I mean, when I, when I was young, probably the, the, the main ones were when I was 11, my, my dad had a, a double brain hemorrhage and went back to kind of like the brain capacity of a six-year-old. So, you know, I had an older sister, younger sister, but basically mum became the dad of the house and I was kind of man of the house really um, at 11 and that was that was stuffed. And then, um, you know, if anyone who's been around anyone with, you know, um, mental illness or, or or strokes and or you know, all that type of stuff, brain hemorrhage stuff, you know, uh, he changed into a totally different person. So, you know, like my, my house wasn't a safe place. Um, you know, we weren't in a I guess a safe, safe environment really for for a while. Um and then he finally got better when I was fifteen and then the second kind of wave, then when I was fifteen, uh he passed away in a car crash. We were was following behind him. We we're on our we we're on a flipping um it was New New Year's Eve heading up to Waipedo Bay and uh behind a car on the other road lost control across and he you know turn, turned the car to take the full brunt to save my my mum and my sister you know so saw that that was flipping horrendous oh, and then um and then my careers advisor was just like all oh, right rebecca because well because you're failing high school and whatever you could you know work at a warehouse packing boxes that's what we told me i could do with my life and i've got no beef working at a warehouse right i have full beef putting the ceiling of that's what they think you can do with your life. Yeah. Putting the limitations on you. Like dude, if you, yeah, if you, if you sat with me for half an hour, you would know that my, my headspace isn't, even at 15 was not built to have that as the the ceiling, what Mm do you like? and, And I, and I have full, like, I, you know, I, I feel I've, I would like to think I've got past that, but at the same time, how many other moments like that have just destroyed other young people's potential dreams and ceilings because some flipping muppet told them some dumb shit stuff that noise. I was 1% who had the mental fortitude and just kind of, I guess, ruthless determination and competitive nature of just the way I roll. Be like stuff you. I right, watch me. All right, cool. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I just turn it to fuel for 15 years. You know, now I guess I pop out the other end a little bit and you know, if it wasn't for that thing, I probably wouldn't have, you know, been so gnarly. So the, the down days, uh, brain days and the brain days come and go. I only probably have a couple of them a year, but I'm always very aware of my energy. I track. I'm very, very aware of what I need to do, whether it be you know tracking my resting heart rate on a Fitbit, tracking my sleep, making sure I've got hydration, doing you know um, a, a whole bunch of solar time, strat time, daily meditation, just everything. You know, so I am uh, pretty tuned to what my body needs to to try and stay balance.
0: Yeah. Nice. How do you, how do you do how do you structure your day how do you balance everything that you've got going on because I know at times when I've followed your journey I've just been like man this guy's day is packed <laughs> how does he, how does he manage it all but like how do you structure things bro and and that balance that word balance which is a funny word because you know entrepreneurship is a lifestyle and <laughs> uh it's a, when you're passionate about what you do obviously You know you're going to fill as much of your time with it as possible but i know that you're a big family man i know that you've got a lot of time for your friends you seem to have a pretty good balance how do you manage that yeah so
1: my family and my friends and for anyone who's like you know follow me whatever you don't see photos of them anywhere
0: Mm.
1: they're off the flipping grid Yeah, yeah and it's by it's by design like when my when wifey was pregnant with with baby number one 99% 99% of people didn't even know me until the baby was born. And it was like, Oh, surprise. He's a baby. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> so it's because you need these rules with what the, your own kind of, it's almost like your own operating system, right? You need to know what type of engine you've got, what type of machine you've got, what you need to work and what it doesn't. So for me, I guess like a practical sort of sense is like, you know, I, I wear a Fitbit. And so I, the only thing I care about is resting, resting heart rate. And, um, control because i i need to because i'm very emotional i can get super hyped mentally i can get my own brain to 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 just crank my heart rate up like i took a photo i was about to go into this meeting in a couple months ago and i could feel i was like because i was about to steamroll some shit these flipping kooks right there's just horrible <laughs> bad unethical pricks and i was sitting there with, um, with mel my right hand and she's like robert you need to control control and i was like all right and i looked down and usually my resting heart rate's like 62 68 whatever i was at 110 <laughs> <laughs> about to walk into a meeting like that's not good yeah, right? yeah. So, so i'm just like getting all hyped i just a steamroll dude. um so yeah i a bit for that to um kind of 15 minute increments based on different things I'm doing, whether it's like admin or personal whatever. And so my, basically my morning from seven through to 11 is pretty much all synced up into different things, whether it be um, personal alone, fitness time, um, meditation, email checking, clearing, um, personal learning stuff, um, some family stuff, um, uh, and then specific kind of just key business operational things. So I'll structure my day out and, and color code it differently into each different piece. Um, yeah, my phone goes on, do not disturb after six o'clock. Like she kind of get to me on on lockdown. Um, I, I basically don't really use email. I kind of, it's all FaceTimes or videos or calls or texts. Um, just cause I just, I don't want to be, if it's important, they'll flip and ring. Right. So everyone's yeah. got my number to be able to, to ring. So that's, that's that. Um, and then uh, yeah, habits I've got, you know, I, I use meditation. I use a thing called um, muse sort of headband, which is meditation, um, which is really some. Um, so yeah, I, I do a whole bunch of stuff. I, I, I self hack myself the entire time. I've got like a strategic sort of folder where I put all my sort of game plan thoughts. in. I, I have text shortcuts for pretty much every different type of thing that comes to me. So I can just do secret codes and just does that for like, like things. Um, so yeah, I've become probably extremely efficient with how I roll and what I do, just because I like to do a lot, you know. So, yeah, there's lots of pieces, but you know, it's your own operating system. You know, it would what works for me will definitely not work for probably anyone else, but what works for someone else is probably definitely not for me.
0: Yeah, the key thing I heard in that though is that you prioritize your own stuff, your own well-being, and your own business activities, and kind of the key things that you've got to get done for you and your family first.
1: Yep, yep. From and then um, you know, I, I try to be home every single night to to uh, do breakfast and stuff with the groms and then be back. Um, and you know, the rest of this stuff with final time after work and then um, after they go back down, if I need to do more, I just jump back onto it. I'm in the States at the moment. So we're five hours ahead. So I kind of do double days. So I'll get up, smash stuff until, you know, all, like family stuff, work stuff for two. And then New Zealand comes online. So then I have more stuff in the AVO, family back down and then I sort of jump back into it again. So, um, I kind of get, I probably work, maybe 30 to 40% more during when it's a five hour time gap instead of three.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was wondering, cause you, you live between San Fran and Auckland, but it's like, it, has it been nice for you to, to stop over the last couple of months and not have that travel? Has that allowed you to go inward a bit more and slow down or have you just, just doubled down? <laughs> <laughs> No, because I've been doing, because um, I guess I've got a seat at the table. So, I've yeah, be you do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's been gnarly, man. And then on top of that, but what, one thing I did do, which I thought was important is during that five-week period, I was like, man, I, I, that's when I started the interviews. Yeah. To go really hard. I was like, you know, if I'm at home right now and if if I'm alone and there's nothing going on, I'm on there. So like, how, what can I do to help? And I realized what I could do is, you know, open up my roll decks, ask a bunch of my buddies to come have banter and flip and just go to town. And so I was doing it some days up to, you know, six hours a day, Monday through Friday, full live interview, chat show thing. And, it, and the feedback's been crazy because so many people actually reached out and like it genuinely gave me something to to see and do and keep my head space good and positive yeah. because I was going to some dark places. So I've kind of felt I did it. And that's why I finished the second we went from four to three. I stopped doing four five a day. Like I was just like, cause I had, I had got mentally tapped. Like, I mean, you you do five weeks of flipping full on brain shit on top of all your other stuff. It was mentally, I was pretty tapped. Oh, so I, I imagine, I was, man. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty great. And 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 all these people weren't muppets either, right? So so it was there was a lot of smart people were talking about smart shit, like so. You got to be on. So it's yeah, a bit of a bit of a thing.
0: Yeah, it takes, a, it takes a lot of energy just to hold space for people as well, but they they were high level conversations you were having, but man, yeah, I've got mad respect for the amount of content that you pumped out. Uh, even just jumping in and just doing the odd podcast, I've realized that like how much work it is and just how much energy it takes to actually to bring the energy to the conversation and to hold space for people and then to be able to navigate the conversation as well. But you do that really, really well with some great people.
1: What's it was lucky that I've, I'm homies with them, right? So. Yeah, it helps. It helps when you got the, that. the. It's a it's a different how I, where I felt it was different is because it was I wasn't a journalist, I was someone who understood their world, who was talking their talk, the way I talk, mm. which is different to being a journalist asking the question for a purpose. It was a it was a chat with depth, and there's a, mm. there's a difference, and it's it was more intellectual banter because I, un- I understand their world and I, un- and it's, so yeah, I felt like the, the, the conversations it felt from the feedback. Anyway, a bunch of people, it, it humanized a lot of people who they've heard of s- seen, but never got to know. And they felt that they really got to know a whole bunch of different faces, but, like, oh, that's so-and-so that's what they sound yeah. like. That's what they talk like. That's what they think like. And I'd never thought of that because it's just, they're just homies, whatever. It doesn't matter for me. But, um, yeah, so I, I probably
0: learned quite a bit about, um, all that stuff too. Yeah, you were able to bridge a gap there. I that was what I was thinking as you were saying it. But um, yeah, what like, interesting question for you, bro? Like, what what's your definition of success for yourself now? Like, you did the yes to success tour, which was something that I just absolutely loved. The fact that you were getting around, and I think one of the most important things that any of us can do, particularly people like yourself who have got great networks, who have been around good people, who have learned these amazing lessons, is to pass it down to young people and get the right information to people at a young age before the world gets hold of them what is your definition of success for yourself? So I got asked this a while ago and I've always kind of had the same thing. I
1: got asked for it when I was in this other interview thing and I just straight away, I said, when you wake up every single day and don't have regret for what you're doing. Mm. Right. So if, if you have zero regret for what you're doing with how you roll, you're doing what you should be doing. Yeah. Because then it would be not successful if you had regret. So I don't think of it as success is like, I, I actually think of it more around um, how do you not have regret? What do you need to do that would make you not regret your past and the future? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a weird question, but then you think about it because you know, I remember someone ask, was asking me this thing ages ago, you know, what's your biggest regret? And I was just straight away. I said, like, Oh, you know, I probably could have got where I was at 30 by the time I was 27. If I didn't have too much ego thing, by myself in my early twenties, a lot of years when I was thirty, which is ten percent, so I had a life regretted percentage of ten percent. <laughs> but I'd rather have a life regretted percentage of ten percent at thirty than waking up at fifty doing something I hated for twenty five years and having a life regretted percentage of fifty percent and not being able to claw that back. Then you haven't been as successful, right? Because it's a number, yeah. And then that that number becomes like a pass fail. So even though it still gets to the point, so yeah, I, I think of it where. Um, you know, it's, and it's not so much balance. It's, it's more flow. Like where are you in flow with doing what you do and, and genuinely enjoying it. And what I do think is good is there's a lot of fly by nighters that come in and out of the game. I don't think it's possible for anyone to question my consistency and, uh, constant creation Definitely not. <laughs> I can't for that long, you Norman. Know I don't mean? I, I think it's possible, and that's why I've been really just maybe in the last year or so. I've been like, I, I don't think it's possible for someone to because at the start when I was just doing my content for others, because I wasn't selling anything, I was just creating content. Um, some feedback was, oh, so they were really confused. Like, but what, what's he doing? Like, he's not selling anything. Like, I, I'm not. I get it. And I was just trying to say, it's not about you. It's not about selling shit. This is about them about running from Rotorua, you know, so, but I think at this point now it's, I think it's past the point of, you know, the amount of stuff that I do that makes zero sense commercially is probably validated that, that my intent is probably, um, yeah, uh, pretty,
0: pretty clear. 100%. What, what, what are some of the things that you're most proud of, was that yes to success tour or is that something that you hold really close in terms of like one of the greatest experiences, one of the best initiatives that you've put on?
1: I wanted to create breadcrumbs and and i had my game plan i said okay i'm gonna do a free ebook for 800,000 kids done i'm gonna do a yes to success content series with 100 different kiwis every single day for 100 days giving a one-minute message to new zealanders done like how do you create a moment to a movement right mm. and then then I, I said how do we and then i want to go from north to south and i'll go to a bunch of low decile high schools and i want to talk to a bunch of young bucks and i want to create some content from this thing which they can get passed on forever so even though i'm not there so they'll be able to see see something that someone came there, you know, like it just to. Ha- what do, What do you do to to create a movement to move in? And those are kind of the things I did, and I, and I knew that I wouldn't be able to do it further down the line for the time I did with my my existing family commitments and bits and pieces as well. So I was like, now's the time to do it. So it was basically flipping giddy up and go. So in the space of you know six months, it was just like boom, 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 knocked it out, and it was it was pretty gnarly. And you know, i have played this at my funeral. That was the week before. I did the national tour. So when people were like, Oh man, it's crazy. Like, dude, that was like a warm up to what I then did right <laughs> after, but then no one knows the timing. Right. So, um, so yeah, that, that was probably that probably meant some of the most just because I got to look kids in the eye and I, because I guess I'm, my IQ is not, I'm not that smart, like book smart, but I'm pretty flipping good with like energy and people and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I could, I could look into a kid's eyes and tell them that there was never, there'd never been someone that's sat in front of them in a room before that's been to a place that they didn't think they could get to. And, you know, there was this, and it's actually in that, the, the place at my, um, there's it, no, it was, um, dear New Zealand. I did another video of it. And in the video, there's this, there's this young girl and she comes up to me she starts talking and, and basically I said, you know, you know, don't put you know put don't put water on fire put put fuel in, and expand and go you know stuff these others don't do it and she started to cry and it's like 15 year old chick and, and we rolled out and I said to Suki, I, I said I genuinely don't think anyone's ever told her she's withy mm-hmm. and like it, it just heavy you know we went to this one spot and there was you know a 15 year old girl who'd been she'd been li- uh, 17 but she'd been living by herself since she was 14 because she got kicked out of home and no one would take her and, and we let, we left this, this room, we went out and then there's only, you know, six of us, five of us in the room with, with these, these young, these young, um, young girls and Mel who was driving, she just pulled over to the side of the road and she was just like, I need a minute, you know? And, and we just had this thing. We were sitting there for like 20 minutes in silence, just thinking about these lives, which existed, you know? And, um, so yeah, to answer the question, bro, that was probably, so he sort of deepest emotional stuff because that shit, that shit matters to me. Cause I, I was that kid, you know? Um, and there's not many crew like me that are helping crew like them. And that, and I, I take that pretty seriously.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was something I had mad respect for you for doing. It's like, even just hearing about it, then I got bloody goosebumps, you <laughs> know, <laughs> like cause it, it real just, shit. yeah, it's real, man. But it's like, if there's ever an, a demographic in an area or an age group to pour into, it's, it's, Young man and it's like, you know, by the time you get to thirty, forty, you're so conditioned already. It's like kids need to be told that they can go out and do anything. And you, like the tall poppy thing, right Let's talk. Let's talk about that because that's huge in New Zealand. And was that was that one of the main things that came out of that? What, what were your learnings in in speaking to those kids and actually hearing firsthand what their struggles were? And like, was it was it that they just were scared of putting themselves out there? Was it that we just don't have any self belief? Like, what were the key things that were coming through? Uh,
1: and friends and family, pretty much. It was the, there weren't pockets of crews that were entourages of positivity for each other. Mm. There was, there was almost this gang mentality of like crabs in the barrel. One tries to get out the others, pull them back down. And, and back to the regret thing. I've been thinking about it quite a lot. A lot of people ask me, it's like, well, you look, I don't know the answer because tall poppy was here before I was even born. But what I do, I I was thinking about was um, a lot of these crew will get judged from others and they won't try it. But the actual reason they're being judged from others is because the others haven't seen success or had success or tried to do it. And then they don't want to feel bad about themselves because they didn't have enough bravery to try something that they wanted to do. Mm. So it's actually out of the insecurity of others not going theirs it holds others back so it's the crabs in the barrel um and that's that's a bit of an insight i think because everyone wants to to do good or be good so then it becomes about to that headspace and that resiliency um with where your head's at with how you sort of navigate those waters
0: yeah yeah it's um and it's it's powerful stuff i just what what's your advice to like what were you speaking to them on when it comes to like career direction and stuff because i've heard you talk about that like you know your your objective was for them to not go and listen to the to careers advisor type thing and uh that's something that i resonated with really strongly because essentially a lot of these guys are taking advice from people who have flushed their own dreams down the toilet and never pursued anything that they wanted and you know essentially you're getting advice from people who are, i guess living a mediocre life and are not that happy themselves and i heard you say sometimes yeah I heard, I heard you say in the video that you were like, you know, like I wanted to plant the seed where they just get out there and chase their dreams. And like, what, what's your advice around for someone out there who's feeling lost and doesn't know what that is? Like, how do you, how do you find the thing? Like, do you pursue your passion? Is that something or, or like, what's your advice for actually finding that thing? Cause you've found it you found it in sport, you found it in entrepreneurship. Uh, obviously your competitive nature ties into that. So you like that competitiveness, but like if someone's feeling lost, where do they start?
1: so you know when people like follow your passion and everything will be all good it's like it's kind of stupid because if you don't if you you need to follow your passion but then with commercial common sense and that's what people miss you know just because you do something all day every day doesn't mean that you're going to be successful if you like it i like mm-hmm. eating ice cream <laughs> it doesn't mean i'm gonna like the, you know it's my passion is ice cream it's like no but it needs to be a balance of like like i'm, I'm obviously joking but it's more the f- idea of It needs to balance off, you know, what can you do that you like that then gets you paid? (laughs) Mm, Yeah. yeah. How can you solve a problem for people? It's that that bridge. Because you can, you can do stuff you like separately and you can do stuff you don't like to get money. And then when you get that money, you go to the stuff there. And that's like, you can do that. Or how cool would it be if you could do the thing that you actually liked and get paid. Mm-hmm. So you've got two options, you know. So even if I know nothing about anything, I could go and, you know, deliver papers again. And I, and I may not be passionate about it, but I might be passionate about, you know, gardening or whatever, but I use I take my money to go do that thing. You know, there's certain times, um, every day I don't think everyone has the ability to do absolutely everything. I don't think every job in the world is perfectly made that every single there's a whole bunch of people that Want to do every single job that they they love like yeah, yeah. there are some jobs that might not be that fun you know like i'm sure you know certain certain jobs might not be the dream um but what i would suggest if you're a young buck is i think about um shotgun to sniper so when you if you use a shotgun you go out hunting and you just
0: and
1: just like just 20 doing it's like go wide right Going wide's great because what it does, you can try a whole bunch of different shit. And then after you figure out where you want to play, then you go flip and sniper, boom. Then you go with the possum with the 22 with the scope, right? It's it, it's different. It's a different mindset. It's a different approach. Um, I think what, where I see some of the biggest regret from young people is they go straight, needle in the haystack sniper and do shit they don't like for years. And then like, Oh, actually, I did that major for three years, but then I realized I didn't like it. It's like, why'd you do it to start with?
0: Why is that though? Why are, why do people do that? Is that just pressure. expectation and pressure? Yeah. It's expectation. a hundred percent.
1: Why would you do something you do? You don't want to do It's like, it's not about what you want or don't want to do. It's what you feel the majority of pressure from others is, mm. you know? So, so I think that happens too. And I just feel the game's changed a bit. You know, um, I, I would just hope that people don't keep, doing shit for other things you want to do themselves. And as long as you can you don't agree with it, but
0: if you like it and it makes money, you're winning stuff them. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, a hundred percent, man. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no like, it's like, I think I can't remember who said it, Tony Robbins or someone like that, but you know, success without fulfillment is the greatest failure of all time. Right.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's it's when you wake up rich as shit, but with regret.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's still guys out there who've got all the money in the world who still don't want to be around, you know? So, uh, you know, having, and uh, it was a really good point that you made there where it's like, you don't, you don't have to go out and build a career in something that you love. Like you, uh, there's two options there. You either go and make money yeah. to spend it doing the things that you love, or yep. you find a way to make money doing the things that you love. And I think that's a really, really good point to drive home because there's been a narrative over the past five years or so that you've just got to find your passion and that you've got, if you're not loving that, then you're wasting your time. And I think that that is really good on one hand, if you can find it, but it's also paralyzing for a lot of people as well. Well, then they think they're a loser because they don't know
1: what that thing is, and then you have, you know, people who have been in corporate life. They're like, "Stuff this! I'm going to do. I'm doing a startup. I'm going to do my own thing," and they don't know what that thing is yet. It's like, mm-hmm. why would you leave security to do something when you don't know why? You think the escapism of getting out of security is going to give you freedom and happiness? It's like, no, that's going to get you from bankruptcy and foreclosure because you don't have any <laughs> money to pay your flipping rent. <laughs> but that, that's where there's that danger off the balance, right? Like, how do you navigate, you know? passion and purpose with profit like that. It's an intersection. And there's, there's a lot of people that, you know, hate what they do, but they get paid so they can go do the stuff they like. They either do something they hate and they have stuff that they like to do or they don't. They, or they do something that they like and they get, they can do that. So I I just think there's sort of two paths with it. And, you know, a a big one, which you do see though, is, you know, the the mid thirties go up after years in corporate.
0: Yeah. yeah. One thing that I just want to circle back around to, because I think this is a a really important point is the circle of influence. And like I've heard, I heard you with that analogy where you're either pouring water on the fire or you're pouring gasoline on the fire. And that's so incredibly true, but you're someone who like, it seems like if I was to from the outside looking in go, your main strength is networking and bringing people together and, and your ability to connect with people. I feel like, uh, and I know like personally as well, the times where uh, I've had that network around me is the time that we, I'm the most full of energy. I've got the most confidence driving forward. What are your tips and advice around uh, building that network? Because that's something that you've done incredibly well, better than most people, I think. Yeah, so I get asked about this quite a bit.
1: And I, um, it's, it's, I don't network. I live. And if you're a good human, we're going to be homies. And if you're not, I don't want to mess with you. So all that happens over time is like, because I know a lot of, I've met a lot, like, have I met a lot of very powerful and influential people? Yes. Are they, am I homies with them? No. Why? Because it's not about their position. It's about the person, you know? So I just want to mess with good people consistently. So I don't have regret. And then, and then eventually over time, what happens is your circle gets wider and people know you for who you are, not what you do and what you represent and that's how to do it right like the work like it's so bad but it's the the classic is you know agency world or Auckland whatever it's like oh let's just go get you know wasted a network down at sales street on a Friday night or whatever and, and it's like what to drop like five on a bar for a bunch of muppets where the actual heavy hitters are over like on Waiheke with a long, nice pen and why, and they actually own the whole building. <laughs> you're not me. Like, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, what game are you playing? You know, you're not. And the craziest thing as well is, this is this is something that I have I have learned. There's one twos and threes, right? So one twos and threes. The threes are the young buck, up and coming. Shut your face. Go get the photocopy fixed, person. The twos are middle management, uh, you know, just like playing the game, corporate ladder shit. And then you got the ones, which the CEOs and the execs and the hitters. Every single one can look at a two or three or any human and already pick, are they a one, two, or three in their head? And they do it instantly. They're like, Are you a hitter? Are you a, you know, are you a cruiser? Are you a, you know, a a, a grom on the come up, right? And so it doesn't, uh, all those people that go to the sale, you know, like I'm just get, giving sales shit, but, but that type of world of like, let's play the, that world is the, the twos are like, um, what's your name? Oh, Jamie. Oh mean, What are you? Right. And what that is, is, it's them sense checking where you fit in the Rolex are in events. Cause they're playing the game of position, not of the person, mm-hmm. the hitters, um, roll up, and you don't even know what they do and they don't even ask and You don't even ask them because you just mm. seen if you want to mess with them or not. And then they're like, Oh, Oh, that's funny. You're actually the, the so-and-so for whatever, but you've already passed that point. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's the flipping greatest. So, so like all my relationships, I was really lucky cause I got all my relationship, I guess my initial stack super early. Um, and I didn't know who any of them were because I'm, and, and when they met me, they could tell I didn't care. I didn't know. I didn't care. Didn't genuinely give a shit. I was just like, yo, whether you're homies or you're not, and it was so refreshing for them. Which is why, when I'd walk in, what would happen is I'll come through and I'll like bro shake and high five and hug and kiss all the bosses and CEOs, whatever, because they're all my mates. And the threes are like, oh, you know, I want to be able to do who's super confused or they just really hated me because. They were seeing me with a genuine relationship, one person above them in the food chain, and were trying to figure out how I did it. And then what it made them realize is they may have they started having internal regret because <laughs> they were thinking maybe they played the game wrong to try and get power. Yeah. So right. they're playing the wrong game, you yeah. know? And don't get me wrong, a bunch of the ones play the game too. the point was when, you know, after like, you know, seven years in Auckland, I pretty much could know the know the game of like who's doing what where. And you cross enough paths, right? But what's dangerous is, um, yeah, if you play the, if you play the game on position, then you're playing the game for, for power strategically. When you play the person, you just have legacy and relationships. Cause in 10 years, everyone's positions are going to change anyway, but the person's still the same. Yeah. So my advice for not networking, <laughs> play the person, not the position. Yeah. Because it's the people who actually matter, not the, not the title of, te- I call it temporary relevance. And there's, I think, about 85 to 90% of the people in the game that are in, in this, the world that I kind of play in, um, are playing the game of position and power and temporary relevance because they think that's what matters, not realizing that it's a, 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 a are you a good human? Do I like you? Do I trust you? And can you execute? It's a different yeah. mindset, You need a, but it's chess, right? And so now you get to a spot and, you know, you can... By the time you pick up the phone to talk to anyone about anything, they already know who you are, they already know you don't piss around, they already know you're flipping good bars, they already know what your intentions are. L- life's so much easier when the other side knows what you're about. So that would be my um my two my two cents. I don't know if that answers or not. I just cause I, get, yeah. I I laugh because I get asked about it so much. They're like, How are you friends with someone? And so and so I'm like, dude, the f- what? <laughs> I didn't realise it was a thing. So have yeah. been glue in any community that I've been in. Yeah. I can, I can weave, I can, you know, I, I don't know how, I don't know how it does. I do
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, I've never heard put, it. I've never heard it explained and, and put like that, but it goes back to that concept of just be a good person, right? Connect with people, do the right thing, have good intentions and you end up surrounding yourself with like-minded people.
1: But no, but it's, but you got to execute. Yeah. Cause you can, when someone says, Oh, they mean well, what they mean is, yeah, they're a good person, but they can't execute commercially, and they're not actually a hitter. Yeah, But they right. mean well. Yeah, y- y- you'd hire them, but you probably wouldn't trust them. Y- you like them, but they can't execute. Mean well is the probably the worst thing in business. If you mean well, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Good, good, good point. <laughs> but when you go the other way, and if you are, you know, loud, and uh, you just keep executing and you just keep going and going and going and you're just relentless and you just keep creating, keep pushing keep going, and you will not stop. Then at the start, you know, I I will be honest, a bunch of my, I guess, influential friends probably start off as charity. He's this young buck kid just trying to make his way out full of energy and then I come back and I've done some more shit and they're like, oh yeah, he's, you know, okay, and he comes back again. He's like, oh shit, he's still going. He's like, oh dude, he's not pissing around and then you just keep, you know, and when you just stay, just consistent and just keep just hitting them, hitting, them hitting them and 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 you just keep going. Cause that's what happens is everyone like, it's easy to pop and be a blip, but it's hard to, to be that constant, you know, that yeah, constant yeah. sonar of success or to trying to be success. So yeah, that just consistency, man. Cause um, yeah, but it's, a, it's a funny one. Cause a lot of people can come in kind of with the, I guess like the conference Kool-Aid and they're all
0: hyped up for like a month. But try that try that in year five yeah, yeah 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 what's the what's the legacy that you're trying to leave bro because you you're someone who obviously you've got a big commercial game and, and you you're smart and you love that world and you're very well established in that world but like do you is that something that you think about a lot is do you have like a yep. like a legacy that you've written down that you're heading towards and if you do what is it
1: yeah so I don't give a shit about any of the commercial stuff that like all that stuff comes like what that's like fun stuff. Like there will always be business challenges and commercial like, cool. I want where your kids, my children's, my two daughters daughters can look on a timeline and watch this in 2000 and flipping two twenty three hundred on some AR VR glass shit being like, well what was my granddad up to and watch this banter and be like, Dude, that dude was flipping loose as shit, knew what was up, meant well, did good shit, executed, I was, had a full smile on his face doing it, and it wasn't just about him, it was about others. When you have that, you have legacy. And I think for me, you know, legacy is greater than currency. I, what could I, could if I went full down the path of, you know, my initial goal was I wanted to become a billionaire and own the Raiders, right? That's what I wanted to do. And then I realized I had it, my first thought, and I was like, nah, it'd take, 20 years work for the next 20 years to do that. And then, you know, maybe my wife hooks up with the flipping pool boy Pablo and my daughters <laughs> hate me cause they never knew their dad. Mm. And I'm like, nah, stuff that, you know, like I, I want to roll in a spot where I can roll them to room, any room, anywhere flat, treat everyone exactly the same. And, I, I I would like the legacy to be around the, you know, I want to leave a positive dent on New Zealand culture, you know, and I do it through commerce, through community, through content, through creativity um, and the culture of all that changes. So for me, that's where I um, I th- I hope it will be. And look, like the good thing about it is, I'm documenting my journey. So even if it doesn't, we are going to flip and know about it, right?
0: <laughs> it's like eight,
1: eight shit, eight shit this year back into it, you know? So does that make sense?
0: Yeah. A hundred percent, man. I love it. What if you were to be known for sort of three key bits of advice, like if, you know, all your stuff on social media and that was, was no longer and people had to know Rebecca and you had three things, three kind of truths or three great pieces of advice that you wanted to be known for that you wanted to pass down to your grandkids or future generations what would they be?
1: First one's easy. It's what my mum told me when I was 11. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Um, That's a huge one for me. You know, don't want to smoke, never smoke. Don't want to do drugs, never done drugs. Didn't want to do a whole bunch of dumb shit. Didn't do any dumb shit. Um, You know, that's the first. Uh, You know, find a sweet spot where you can, um, help yourself and others. I think that, that always feels a bit better than just if it's currency, Mm -hmm. you know, but when you can help yourself and other, I think there's always something about that, you know, that give back piece, but a lot of people, you know, stuck in charities will wait for the handouts or whatever, opposed to being proactively to create and do simultaneously for others. I'm not saying it's the whole social enterprise thing, but you know, just the idea of whatever you're doing, that it's not, you know, you don't want the legacy to be, you chuck some more zeros on a screen somewhere, but actually, you know, you help bring from Rotorua, go to university. You inspired Carol from Whakatane to start that startup, you know, like it's it, it, that, that shit matters. Um, yeah. Well, I always would say, you know, I want to, um, you know, create things I'm proud of. I want to um, scale value, empower others. and I want to ride. Those are three things I've always kind of said and I think that would stay true. And then if you're not having fun stuff, it, you know, and it's good too when you have, when I think when you're, I don't know if it's a, a personal brand might be the wrong word, but when your are um, maybe reputation for good or bad precedes you, there's an expectation of, of how you roll and what you do and what's expected. And I think that's a great way to roll because then you you're playing by your rules that other people have put you in the box of instead mm-hmm. of you playing by theirs. You know, so I always think about, (laughs) I think about John Daly and Tiger Woods. Of, you know, if you read in the newspaper, and I've said a couple times, I just think it's really funny. Like this is how I kind of see it. If you read in the newspaper, pro golfer caught in Las Vegas, drunk gambling with hooker strippers, and a bunch of blow, be like, holy shit, that's like super bad. Like that's like if it was Tiger Woods, that's like game over. Like that is stuff. You that is horrible. You change that for Tiger for John. smiling because you're like, cool, of course, that's a Tuesday for John. You know, I'm not saying I want to be the John Day. I want to be that expectation. So when those bad day comes and, I, and I'm going to do some dumb stupid shit in the future, you know, maybe I turn up at a black tie, event. I just get totally rinsed and smash a glass on stage. Maybe I tackle a CEO. Maybe I flip and bring a paintball gun and get fired from somewhere. You know, like when those days come, everyone's going to go classic rivet. Classic, yeah. yeah, you know, and and that 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 gives you so much freedom. I feel because then you, you're playing by your rules instead of, um, how they they do it too. And you know, maybe that's part of the reason I've you know, wear a seven dollar t shirt and you know a new era hat and Nikes every day. I'm just like, I'm just doing my shit. Like, I respect you, I like you, all you do cool shit. I'm just on my own program. And what's great about that is then you're not in conflict with anyone because you don't look like them, roll like them, act like them, talk like them. You're not a threat. That's when you can, you know, what's that thing? A uh, little Wayne was saying, you know, real
0: G's moving like lasagna. You
1: <laughs> <laughs> just like stealth through just on your own buzz. That's the best.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's a really good point. And just in general, it's almost a good point to finish on because like the, the reality is there's no greater freedom than just being yourself. But in a in a business world and particularly in an online world, I feel like a lot of people are trying to morph into something that they feel other people want them to be. Uh, even, you know, young kids, like we talked about, you know, choosing career paths based on what other people want for them rather than being themselves. But the greatest gift that you can give yourself is to be yourself and that, and that's the ultimate freedom, right? Well,
1: th- I think it's a crock of shit when heaps of businesses are like, you know, bring your authentic self to work and all this shit. Like, I get the intention, but no one truly does. Right? <laughs> like, the the authentic selves comes out on that Friday. They're talking shit about from accounts, you know. So, I like the idea of I want to roll exact like I I'm super flat and I, and what I do know about myself hundred percent is I. I treat a 15 year old the same way I treat a 50 year old CEO. I treat a homeless person the same way I treat an exec. I'll talk to flip and you the same way I'll talk to, you know, a keynote full of execs. I don't give a shit. I am flat regardless. who I am. And I think that gives you consistency and con- a constant level of uh, flat is the best. Cause when you're flat, you're not wearing different faces and things, but some people's stuff, all that noise. And then when you're flat, I think you can truly win because you you don't need to stress about, you know, bringing your full self to work and your authentic. It's like, like, if you have to say that, it's because no one does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe there's something in there too, and maybe that's part of the reason. You know, I very polarizing. I don't know. I just I'm on, my own, help a few people, and it's all good.
0: What's What's ahead for you, bro? Like, what What are your goals? And and like, particularly, I guess you've had to reset and rethink about things over the past couple of months. But like what what's next for a bit and what are you trying to achieve um, with your current ventures so it's a really good point
1: so currently I'm at zero right I'm at zero because it's a reset of anything you know like it's kind of not paralysis by analysis but in a weird way it kind of is because I could um, take a huge role at a big thing I could do boards I could do some cool investment startupy tech shirt I could do, you know, and that's kind of cool. But where I would like to go in the next little bit is how do I create a bigger platform that helps community with commerce? Um, and so this little thing called Brightfire, which is brightfire.co.nz, and essentially it's just a bit of a hub that's mixing, I guess, online inspiration with business education and um, and events and connection. And kind of like if you were to create a little, I guess, a little business structure around all the energy and stuff that I just have done reactionary for a a bunch of years, what would that look like? And how could you actually scale that up with structure to help a bunch more people? So that's really cool. Um, personally, I want to make another, I'd like to make another bigger play in the media space. Um, we're working on a really cool project with sky. Um, pilot and obviously they kind of got punched in the face with stock price and share and business stuff with no life sports. So, so that, that went on pause. Um, but the, the concept was, so I'd like to do that and then I also think I'd like to double down at a bigger level around, um, some of the, I have, How could you start more of the narrative around certain things for New Zealand, um, with me too. So, um, a big chunk in community, a big chunk in content. And then I've got a couple of little power moves on the commercial side, which I, I hope are going to roll out. But at the moment, let I said, I'm just like everyone else. I'm, I'm starting back at zero again, figuring out what to do next and where to go. But as long as I can, you know, as long as, you know, my wife doesn't hook up with Pablo, the pool boy, and my, <laughs> my daughters, you know, know that I'm a present father and my friends say I'm a good bastard. And I have a few bezies, and I do cool shit like this. And I figure something else out. I, I think everyone else will, we
0: should hopefully, um, work out all right. Yeah. Nice man. I love the way you roll. I just want to acknowledge you for a minute, but I really appreciate your time taking time out of your busy schedule to have a chat. Um, like I said, I've followed you for a long time. The business success and the, the success that you've had is admirable, but the way that you give back to the community and the, the legacy and the drive and just the, the attitude that you have towards life is what I really admire the most. Um, and, yeah, I just want to say thanks for giving up your time. And I know that there's been a lot of value in this conversation for people. Um, where's the best place to find you, bro? Where should people want to find more about you? Um, where do they, where do they look you up?
1: Um, dude, if we, if we're meant to be homies, we'll link up uh, just rebet.com If you, if you need a bit more context, com. Um There's a video on there, which hopefully helps a bit more, but yeah, I, I, I like to just, yeah. Do my thing my own way. So I really appreciate the time in it. And it's cool. Cause I think, you know, the more, the more I do that helps others to do more for their stuff, you know, they get to create breadcrumbs, you know, like this thing here, who knows, right? Like that, you know, that, that young buck that lives in Gore might listen to this and he might be thinking, he might be able to go um, to, you know, a careers advisor that's about to tell them that they could just do nothing with their life or inspired, whatever it may be. So you never know where the breadcrumbs will fall. But what I do feel is that I want to walk down the street when I'm like 70 or 80, say 90 in a cane and have some kid come up to me and be like, you don't know this, but 50 years ago you did this video on some, you know, some shit like that. And so I think that I'll get the feel good for all this work decades from now. And I can't wait. And that's mm. going to get me hyped, and that, that will be cool because that's when I know that it's it's not been inspiration for a moment, but it's had actually impact for 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 a nation to try and be better.
0: Yeah, that's powerful stuff. That's for a bit, Hollis. Everyone, thank you so much for your time, brother. Up, oh, bro, I me. Mean. So there you have it, guys. That was the interview with Rebett Hollis. Like I said, just an amazing guy with a whole bunch of value to add. If you don't follow Rebett, you can get him at Rebett.com or across any of his social media platforms. And I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in, for giving me your attention. I hope that added value to you, and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode.